Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 6th of May, busy weekend of sports. Of course, all eyes are on the Kentucky Derby later on today, but we are in the middle of the NHL and the NBA playoffs. And of course, we'll talk about the Rays, still the hottest team in baseball. The number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com will get you on the show with an email. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865-800-291-2865-800-291-2865 That's 800-291-2865. Now, Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hope everyone's having a great weekend so far. Like I mentioned, lots to get to. Biggest thing this weekend is going to be the Kentucky Derby. That race is going to um, post time of 6.57. Later on today, it is the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. And it's gonna be the 12th of 14 races. Of course, at Churchill Downs later on today. Uh, And it's gonna be on NBC in case you're interested. So the question is, how many horses are there? There's usually 20. I believe it's only gonna be 19 today because of a couple um, scratches. But entry into the, the Derby every year is determined by a point system that began last September. And what that does, it, it tracks the horses in their two and three year old seasons. Horses earn points by placing first, second, third, or fourth in specified races during the year leading up to the Derby. And then you have select races in March and April, which provide the most points. And placing first or second in one of those races pretty much guarantees you a spot in the esteemed Kentucky Derby field. So that's how they get there. Who has the most points? Well, Forte has 190 points going into the weekend. Uh, Practical Move, 160. Angel of Empire, 154. Tap it Trice, 150. And Two Fills at 123. Uh, That's basically how they do it to get into the Derby. The system was created in 2012, and like I said, they uh, use this system to determine the 20-horse field. Uh, previously, they used the system just based on earnings that horses won. So, you know, as we enter into the Derby today, the the Derby has a uh, price of three million dollar purse, which is to be awarded to the connections of the top five horses. So the top five get to split to three million. The way they split it, the winner gets 1.86 million, second place gets 600,000, third place 300,000, fourth 150, and fifth is 90,000. Jockeys also receive a prize, and of course, 
they, the winning rider earns $186,000, which is a nice payday for the jockey as well. So you say, who are the favorites? What do you need to know? The three-to-one morning line favorite today is Forte. He's won six of seven lifetime races, and that includes a one-length win in the, in the Florida Derby here not too long ago. So he really hasn't lost a race since he finished fourth in the, Stan, in the Sanford Stakes last July. He's trained by uh, Todd Pletcher, and he has the most starters of any trainer in the Derby history with 62 prior entries. Pletcher has three starters in this year's Derby. Tapa Trice is one of his, Kings Barnes, and Forte. Kings Barnes is a 12 to 1 odds, and uh, Tapa Trice is 5 to 1. Pletcher has won the race twice with Super Saver in 2010 and Always Dreaming in 2017. So Brad Cox wins the game of most entries. If you keep a score with that, he's going to have Hit Show, 30 to 1 odds, Verifying, 15 to 1, Jace's Road at 50 to 1, and Angel of Empire at 8 to 1. Cox has won 81 races this year, which ranks fourth among all the trainers, and his entries have won almost $10 million, which leads the country. Pletcher's second, in case you're wondering about the earnings with that. So as for the jockeys, watch out for the Ortiz brothers. You have Irad Ortiz Jr., the leading jockey in the country by wins. He's going to be on Forte. Ortiz Jr. won the 2022 Belmont Stakes and earned the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Jockey. His brother, Jose Ortiz, is going to be on Kingsborn. Jose won the Preakness last year and is currently ninth in the country in wins this year. So every year there's always some type of story with the Kentucky Derby. You know, this year they're only going to run 19 horses after the list of also eligibles was exhausted with three scratches on uh, Thursday. And there's a fourth horse, actually, Skinner, who was withdrawn by John Sheriffs on Friday because of an elevated temperature. So... Um, the ones that got in because of the scratches were Cyclone Mischief at 30 to 1, Mandarin Hero at 20 to 1, King Russell at 50 to 1. And they all came into the race on Thursday. And again, that was because of the uh, above mentioned scratches. So, um, practical move trained by Tim Yakin was scratched because of an elevated temperature on Thursday. Continuar was scratched after trainer Yoshito Yahagi felt his Colts uh, fitness level was not up to par, so he scratched him from the race. So the three horses that are now in the race will break from the outside posts, while the program numbers will stay the same. All horses breaking outside practical move, who was number 10, will move inside one spot. So the last time the Derby had four uh, scratches, I'm trying to think, it was in 2015, it looks like. And um, one of those scratches was Tale of Verve, which did not get to draw because of Al Kabir was withdrawn after the scratch deadline. So, you know, after the three horses were scratched, rescheduling running of the 2020 Kentucky Derby, 
you had to go back to 1962 to find a similar number of scratches. So you ask, does the positions matter? And if so, why do they matter? Well, first of all, the Derby is usually a 20-horse field like we talked about, uh, which is the biggest field that any horse is going to see while he's racing in North America. That means a post position or what gate a horse breaks from makes a difference, even when the field is down to 19 horses, which strike, if you remember, one post position 20 last year, a gate that has produced only one other winner. Um, I forget who that was. That was in 2008. I think it might have been Big Brown. The most dreaded post positions are usually on the inside of the track, with number one and number two typically being the toughest to navigate. The last winner produced from the first post was Ferdinand in 1986, and that field only had 16 horses from what I'm looking at here. So the last winner to break from number two was Triple Crown winner Affirmed, and that was back in 78 when he only had 11 horses were in the field. So it should be an interesting day. I think uh, the most successful position, if you're looking at betting, uh, is the number five position, which has produced 10 winners with Always Dreaming being the last to do so in 2017. Uh, a little bit of history. Last year, Rich Strike got into the Derby after a late scratch, shocked the world with an 80 to 1 odds to win. The second largest upset in Derby history. Then he skipped the Preakness, uh, who if you remember was won by Epicenter and finished sixth in the Belmont Stakes behind uh, McDonagall. So, you know, talking about big upsets, I know some people that use the strategy, they're going to take the favorite, which in this case would be Forte, and then um, pair him with uh, a long shot, you know, and that's that's a good way of making some money if you uh, you know get lucky on that day. So, who is your horse? You gonna go out there and place any bets? I'll give you my pick, but um, if I give you mine, then you'd probably be able to go out there and scratch him from your list. I think Forte is going to win. Um, but I haven't been right in the Kentucky Derby for a long time, so take that for what it's worth. Anyway, the number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com is the website that will actually get you on the show with an email. If your email is pretty good, we'll read it online and, and take it from there. Let me know who you think is going to win the Derby today, and we'll be right back to keep the show going, talking about some NHL and NBA playoffs. You are in the gymnasium. Pickleball Training Simplified is the Ernie. The Ernie holds 150 balls and shoots 10 to 65 miles per hour. Controlled by your smartphone, the Ernie has 24 pre-programmed drills that you can customize. The future of pickleball training is here. Go to the ErniePickleballMachine.com for more information. That's E-R-N-E PickleballMachine.com. Train, win, repeat with the Ernie. That's E-R-N-E PickleballMachine.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show. Power 90.1. Welcome back, Rays fans. Well, the Bronx Bombers are in town for the weekend. What a month of April the Rays had. I'm going to just give you a couple of numbers here. Coming into the weekend series against New York, of course, we're in first place. Our record is 26 wins, six losses. That's for an 813 
uh, percentage. We are four and a half games ahead of Baltimore, seven and a half ahead of the Red Sox. I think they've won like six in a row as well. Um, eight games ahead of Toronto and the last place team in the American League East are the Yankees at nine games back. They're two games over 500 coming into the weekend here. So, you know, they do have some injuries with Judge and whatnot, but I don't think you're going to see the Yankees in last place in that division or any other division uh, going forward here. So just a matter of time. The Rays, however, we've won seven out of the last 10 We've won 12 out of the last 15 games. The, the differential, and of course that is the, the difference between um, runs scored and runs allowed. The Rays have scored 210 runs this year, only giving up 96. That equals 114, or plus 104, 114 run differential. The next team in the major leagues, which is the closest to that, is a plus 69. That would be the Rangers. So it just goes to show you the amazing April. It's been, that's the largest differential, I believe, since they started keeping stats. So the Rays are doing it all right now. They're 17-2 and two at home. Um, like I said, they had one of the best months that you're going you're gonna to find. 26-6 and six coming into the weekend here. You're asking, well, how are they doing it? Well, pretty much they're doing everything that they need to be able to keep the pace going. Like I said, they've won six out of the last seven games. Uh, they, they swept they swept the Pirates in the last series, 3-2 uh, to two in the third game, 8-1. to one. And then uh, they opened this series against Pittsburgh with a 4-1 to one win, which was a nice tribute, by the way, to uh, G-Man Choi, who's now playing with Pittsburgh. So it was nice to recognize him for all of his efforts here. We took um, three out of four from the White Sox in the previous series. The only team that has really beaten us is the Astros. They took two in a row, two out of three, actually, um, beaten up on the White Sox a couple times. But for the most part, everyone on this team is participating. You know, you have, you can go up and down, up and down the line. You no, know, Yandy Diaz had a... Um, nice home run the other night. Shane McClanahan on the bump went to six and zero. First first pitcher uh, to win six games in the majors this year. He's on pace to uh, you know start another All Star game, I suppose. Uh, Springs is out, but however, we will be getting Glass now back. Once we get him back, it's going to just make that lineup you know even stronger. You know, you have Yandy Diaz, who I mentioned had that home run. He's batting 327, slugging percentage over 600, on base percentage of 430. He's got eight home runs to go with that average. RBIs of Rosarina, 29. Eight home runs, 325 batting average. You have a TF Franco that on any given night. Can, can go two for three or whatever it might be. So you have um, a, a team right now that is really bought in to the way that Kevin Cash manages this team. And we've said it before many times, what makes Cash so unique is that you never know on this team when your name is going to get called to go out there to contribute. So everyone's ready. The, every All 26 people on that team are ready to go out there and you know, contribute 
when they need to on a daily basis. Obviously, if you just uh, started a game yesterday, you probably won't get the call to pitch in today's game. Other than that, everyone is um, open season and you have to be ready to get in there. What does that do? Well, it keeps you head in the game, number one. Uh, you know, you have to be able to pay attention because if they call your number, you want to make sure you don't go in there and, um, you know, not know what's going on in the game or what's expected of you at that certain point. So when you look at this team right now, and don't, don't get me wrong, Cash drives me crazy with some of his calls. Uh, there's times when, you know, a pitcher's throwing a no-hitter through seven innings, eight innings, and, um, you know, takes the pitcher out because of a pitch count, which we're going to talk about that more in depth on um, on a different show. But for the most part, if you look at what the Rays are doing this year, they've bought into the system. Uh, as always, we're hitting the ball. Uh, when I say as always, as always, our fielding is there. Our pitching staff is deep, whether it's the starters or whether it's the relievers what we're doing differently this year in my opinion is we're hitting the ball uh we're going out there we're putting runs on the scoreboard we're lighting up the scoreboard like i haven't seen this team do before so what is that saying about the Rays? what's different this year than last year i see them out there i see them very relaxed i don't see an, an uptight um you know, air about them. I, I don't think there's a lot of you know, pressure on them. What we've said so many times is that they need to figure out how to go out there and not just get to the playoffs, but how to go deep into the playoffs and actually win a World Series. That's what we haven't done yet. We don't have that blueprint, but I think of all the teams that I've seen the Rays have in the last, I don't know, be 10 years or since Cash has gotten here, this team probably has what it takes to go out there, barring any injuries, of course, and compete for the chip. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email and uh, let me know your thoughts on the Rays so far this season. It has to be positive based on what they've been doing between the lines and the record. You know, the scoreboard doesn't lie. So give me a call. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. That's 800-331-3981. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. With the 19th pick in the first round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi from the University of Pittsburgh. That's what you heard last week in the draft. The Bucks decided to go ahead and shore up the defense. Uh, Kansi, six foot one, 281 pounds. He's ranked second in this position. And, and I think he was a good pick, actually. Uh, he's a disruptive run defender, explosive pass rusher. Uh, he has a unique skill to overcome his lack of size and length. But uh, 
His original quickness, low center of gravity, and ability to uh, uh, shoot his hands make it tougher to move him in the run game. He's very good at locating where the ball is. He gets off blocks well from what I've seen, and he's able to chase down some runners with uh, great effort and good desire from watching the tape with him. And, you know, I think with his closing speed, he ran the fastest 40-yard dash for a defensive tackle in the, in the combine since 2006. So he's going to be able to get to the quarterback. I think, um, you know, he's going to start. I, I really think that as an impact player, day one, he's going to be um, someone who goes out there with a, a pass-rushing uh, attitude, lots of quickness, and it could make him... Look like the next Gerald McCoy there, the way his uh, technique uh, looks so far from watching him. So um, what do you think about Kansi? Is he someone that you're happy that we went with? He was the, the pick that we had in the first round. In the second round, we went with Cody Mock. Now, he's an offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Um He's pretty much, you know, another person that has the ability to bury defenders. I mean, he's someone that, you know, blocks both the full defenders and on one play. He's got great lateral quickness. He's able to cover up defenders at the line. Uh, he takes good angles, getting to the second level. He's tough to beat, you know, once he locks on and sinks uh, down as a pass protector there. So, which is what the Bucks are going to need with whomever the quarterback may be, Trask or Mayfield or whoever it's going to be. So, um, definitely a huge hole at right guard for the Bucks, and I think that Mock can step in and fill it. So, I think that that was a uh, solid pick for the Bucks in the second round as well. Third round, uh, we took Yaya Diaby, another defensive end out of Louisville. Um, no, he's someone that, again, has some good explosive power. And there's a pass rusher where if you look at what we're doing, you can see the pattern developing where we're trying to shore up the defense so that um, they're not on the field as long as they were um, last year. So I think that uh, if you look at him, he's um, just scratching the surface in terms of his potential. Uh, and I think that he's a very solid number three pick. We took uh, another Pitt Panther player, uh, Servatia Dennis, inside linebacker out of Pittsburgh, in the fifth round, as well as Payne Dunham. He was a tight end out of Purdue. We took Josh Hayes in the sixth round, uh, along with Trey Palmer from Nebraska and Ramirez. Now, Hayes is a, is a cornerback, Trey Palmer is a wide receiver, and Ramirez is an outside linebacker. So overall, I give the Bucks a C-plus with the draft. I don't think that um, uh, they stayed away from a quarterback, so they did what they had to do to shore up the defense. And I think that overall, it was a, a decent draft for them. No, C plus, B minus, something like that. And I think that it's going to come down to next year what they're able to do on the offensive side of the field. I mean, when you have the offense that they've had last year to put up 17 points a year was uh, very disheartening, to say the least. And I think that uh, we're going to break down the Bucks as we get closer to training camp in a couple months here but that was the breakdown for the draft right now i'd love to hear your thoughts on it if you want to go to jimmybsports.com you can shoot me an email let me know if um 
if the Bucks is your team, if you're happy with what they did, if some another team is someone that you follow, let me know what they did. Someone asked me what I thought, what teams had the best draft. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that I think that the Eagles had a very good draft. I think the Lions did well. I think the Houston Texans did good. The Giants and I think, of course, the Jets. When you look at the Jets getting Rodgers, uh, of course, that, that saga is over with where's he going, what's he going to do. So we know he's going to New York right now. They picked up Cobb as well, someone who he's familiar with uh, for many years playing with. So I think the Jets, you have to say they did well in the uh, draft. Anyway, love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. Let's shift a little bit, go into the hockey playoffs. You know, as you know by now, unfortunately, the Lightning got knocked off by Toronto in the first round. Um, I think it was very unfortunate the way that the season ended. Of course, injuries, you can never count out injuries. And that was our uh, issue again this year. You can go up and down the line. You no know, Point, Hedman, Cernak, Cernak not there. Uh, you can do that. Then again, you look at some other teams. Look at the Boston Bruins. They're the number one seed. I think they had a hundred and... Uh, 35 points, the defending uh, president uh, trophy winner there for scoring the most points during the season. They won 65 games. And where did that get them? Now that got them playing golf with the Bolts at the same time. Both teams got beat in the first round. So the Colorado Avalanche, they hope to continue their reign atop the league, but they're upset by Seattle Kraken. And um, that was the Kraken's first trip to the postseason. So you never know what's going to happen in playoff hockey. And I think that if you look at right now in the second round, you have Toronto playing Florida. Um, the, the Leafs, after winning the first playoff time in uh, 16, 19 years, I think it was, they're down two games to none. Uh, and they lost the first two in Toronto. Now they head back down here to Florida and see if uh, uh, the Panthers can put together uh, two more games and wrap up that series. If the if the Lightning can't win it, then you know maybe we could you know represent the state well with the Panthers. You have Carolina playing Jersey. Jersey beat the uh, Rangers seven games. It was nice to see a seven game series. And then you have uh, Dallas playing the Kraken in the uh, second round in the Central. And you have the Vegas Knights playing Edmonton in the Pacific. So you have four really good matchups there. And I think that when you look at the remaining teams, they all, you know, play a little bit differently. And as a season or a playoff series unfolds, you see a lot of maneuvering, a lot of changes with the lines. You see the coaches maybe uh, playing certain players more than they would in a, um, a different series, depending on you know, what it might be. Right now, I'm hoping that the Kraken, because they have Yanni Gord, I'd love to see him do well, and uh, Jersey with uh, Andre Pilat, who used to be a, a mainstay on our team. So I think that if you look at those two, uh, those two teams, anything can match up. Probably you'd have to look at Edmonton, 
uh, being a favorite right now with Boston being out, you know, who knows? I mean, unless for some reason Toronto can come back and win those games, uh, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them. Uh, Progressing. Anyway, your thoughts, JimmyBSports.com. Let me know what you think as far as your pick in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Again, sad that the Lightning um, aren't still participating, but they had a great run. I can't think of a team that had a better you know, three or four years back to back to back to back. So congratulations to them on putting a great product on the ice, always entertaining, which is what it's all about. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Now, Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, NBA fans. This is the time of the year where you see all kinds of adjustments being made by coaches. And sometimes they don't make the adjustment and they get fired like Budenholzer did of the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, last week there was a statement by Giannis after his team got knocked out of the playoffs. They were the number one seed in the East, and the uh, Heat knocked them out. Giannis said something like, well, it it wasn't a failure for the season. It was a steps to success. And I heard that comment, and a lot of people thought that what he said was... uh, a very accurate statement, something that was positive, something that was something to build on. I heard it and I thought, wow, I wonder what the management is going to think of something like that. Well, I guess we found out what management thought of it because they uh, asked the coach. Now, Budenholzer, he's been there for five years. They won the title, I think it was two years ago. Uh, They finished... They had the best record three years that he was there out of the five. You know, that was um, 18-19 season, the 19-20 uh, season, and then, of course, this year uh, they had the best record in the NBA. So his overall record was 271 and 120 with Milwaukee for um, 69 uh, winning percentage. That's pretty good. Uh, not good enough because when you have players on your team saying, well, yeah, we didn't win, but it was a learning experience or build, that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear, yeah, we're going to take nothing less than a championship because that's what the fans pay to see. That's what we're out here supposedly playing for. So Giannis, I didn't like the comment. Um, I'm sure you had good intentions with it, but uh, I guess I'm not the only one that didn't like it. Now, Giannis was hurt a little bit, a back contusion, um, and I guess there were some controversial plays. Coach didn't call timeout a couple times, games four and five. Uh, but nonetheless, you're a one seed. You have one guy on the team that you played against, the number eight seed Miami Heat. 
All right, you had Jimmy Butler, who was averaging, I think, like 37, 38 points a game in the series. All you have to do is stop him. You know, I mean, I'm watching on TV. I can see it. You don't let him go out there and drop 50-something on you and then another 40-something on you. That's ridiculous. So you go out there and you set up the plays that you have to to stop the one player that's out there that can beat you. They did not do that, and unfortunately, they're out there with the uh, Boston Bruins and the Lightning right now uh, playing golf. So the Heat moved on. They're playing the New York Knicks right now. Going into the weekend, that series is tied one to one. Game three is going to be this afternoon. They're in Miami now for two games. It should be interesting. Butler sat out on the second game after they stole the first one. He didn't have to play, so uh, he sat out for the the second one. And I think that you're going to see a uh, tough series. It's going to be probably one of the better series that you see in the playoffs with these two teams. They're they're both grinded out teams. Miami Heat under um, Pat Riley, who's the, I think the team president under his leadership. You play defense. Those guys are those guys are tough. They're mentally tough as well as good ball players. Next guy up. Whenever it might be, New York is uh, with Brunson and Randall there. They're uh, they they're good contenders. So we're gonna see what happens in that series. They play two in Miami, then go one 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 as necessary. After that, you have Boston and the Sixers going into the weekend. That series is uh, also tied at one game apiece. Uh, Embiid was the uh, regular season MVP this year. Well deserving. I think that um, he's gone through a lot and. Good to see him come away with an MVP. However, it doesn't really much matter what the MVP is during the regular season. You want to step up in the playoffs and carry your team if you're an MVP type of player. So he sat the first game with a knee injury up in Boston. The Sixers won that game behind James Harden. Now, the beard... Had 45 points that game. I don't know how many assists, but he looked at the um, James Harden of old when he was with Houston. Can he do that every game? Obviously not. I think he had, I don't know, 10 or 12 points in game two when the Sixers lost. And that was with Embiid playing for a while in that game. Why they played him, I have no idea. Boston wasn't going to lose that game. So I would have rested him. I said that to people going into the game. But nonetheless, he did play a little bit. Um, I don't think he aggravated his knee. So we'll see what happens with the two games uh, in Philly this weekend. Then it goes to Boston for game five, back to Philly for six. And if a seven is necessary, back at Boston. We'll see what Rivers does as these series go on. Like I mentioned in the beginning, adjustments need to be made. I think that uh, Boston has the better outside shooters. I think if Embiid is healthy, he can be a force because usually 75% of the offense goes through him when he's in there playing. Is that a plus? I don't know. It's, it's yet to be seen, but you can't have him go in there and play, you know, every other game. So it should be a great series. Looking forward. I think the winner of that series will ultimately uh, win the East because the winner of the Celtic Sixers will play the winner of the Knicks Heat in the next round for the uh, Eastern Championship. You go out to the West, you have the number one seed Denver Nuggets playing the Phoenix Suns. A little surprise out there. I thought that Phoenix would um, go out there and give 
Denver a run for their money. Phoenix is a four seed. Right now, Denver has a two games to none lead going into the weekend here. They'll uh, be playing again tomorrow. But I think what happens with this, you have uh, Jokic, and he's someone, if you haven't seen him play, he's been the MVP uh, the previous two seasons. His game is, uh, he can put up points, big guy, um, not the not the most fluid moving person on the floor by any stretch, but he can put up some numbers and he can lead his team to victory as he's showing that. So we'll see what happens. I am surprised that Phoenix hasn't played that well, although Chris Paul, I suppose, is hurt. But when you have Durant, um, I think that they expect more out of him right there with Poole as well. So... Keep your eye on that series. We'll see what happens. The winner of that series will play the winner of the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors series. That series is tied one game apiece. The Lakers stole the first one uh, out out there. And then um, the Warriors came back 127 to 100 to tie it up in game two. If you look at what Seth Curry and Clay are doing out there and um, Draymond Green is a great defensive player. They say the winner of Game 3 in a best-of-seven series goes on to win 70% of the time in the series. I, this series, I think that may not be true because I'm not ready to say whoever wins Game 3 tonight at 8.30 is going to be able to go out there and win the whole series. Both of these teams have veteran players. They know what it takes, and I do look forward to go uh, six or seven games. LeBron, uh, LeBron's doing what he needs to do. Don't forget, he's um, not 25 years old anymore. He is out there. He is playing well for the most part. The, the, the Anthony Davis, um, you know, you can't have AD meaning alternate days. Says he plays great in one game. Next game, he's not even there. So you can't have him play game to game like that if you expect them to make any noise in the playoffs. I look for him to come out and have a good game three. And I think that they're going to split that series out there in L.A. and, and be two games apiece going back to Golden State. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what you think. Who do you think the Eastern Finals are going to be? And who do you think the Western Finals are going to be? I'm going to go with um, Philly. Philly and the Heat in the East. And I'm going to say... It's going to be the Nuggets and Golden State in the West. And we'll see what happens from there. Guys, it's been great talking with you. As always, time goes by way too fast. We're going to get to some emails uh, next time on the show. Uh, Enjoy the Derby today. Uh, If you get a chance, watch the basketball, watch the Rays as we're hosting the Bronx Bombers. And, you know, you're watching a historic season unfold so far with the uh, boys of summer. Guys, as always, stay vigilant, stay safe. Above all, stay positive. Don't forget, next weekend is Mother's Day, so I'll make the necessary arrangements to take care of your important mother. You've been in the gymnasium. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time.